Well, it's good. Hey, while they're still having find some seats, hey, do we have uh, do we have that that trailer, the bumper for next week? Do we have that? Hey, we start a new series next week. I was gonna gonna it was supposed to have started today, but I, I felt like with this Holy Spirit study, I had one more in me. Last week was supposed to have ended it, and um, so someone just just hurt me in, in, in guest reception. Said, "Man, you're you're a lot bigger in person." Don't know how to take that. I know we had the skinny screens last week, but uh, I want to show you real quick. We start a new series next Sunday. Let's roll this. Let's watch this. Yeah, next Sunday. Wow. Is this for me? I was thinking maybe Isai drank out of it because I was going to like, it's awesome. Just disgusting. Hey, next Sunday, we start a series called Set Free. It's going to be a doctrine series on grace. Listen, we are a culture that is afflicted with, with these mindsets that I must earn God's love. You don't have to. For God so loved the world, he just loves. And you don't have to do anything to earn that. I just got to work harder. Mm-mm. The work's been done on the cross of Calvary. Amen. Next Sunday, we're going to start a series unpacking this idea of grace. Somebody's going to be set free. These chains that have been holding you in about works or, or, or family history or I got to earn it. Uh-uh. We're going to set some folks free and you're going to be released from that and you're going to come to an understanding of what God's incredible grace. That's why why Isaac Newton could write, it's amazing, isn't it? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. Yeah, you know, it's amazing grace, right? So we're going to unpack that next week. So I hope that you'll come and uh, and, and be a part of that. So so glad you guys are here uh, today. I, I want you to let you know today's kind of a a special day for me. And, and I, I joke about this a lot and I, I shouldn't, I guess probably me joking about it is kind of my mechanism of, of kind of trying not to, to go back to, to something. Two years ago today, this day, I had a major stroke and uh, couldn't talk. I couldn't move. My right, I couldn't move my legs, could I? I couldn't move my legs. Couldn't move. And they had to, they had to carry me out. Well, tried to. Couldn't. And uh, the ambulance had to come and get me. Um, uh, two years ago today. And uh, God has done a great work and is awesome and, and uh, has changed me in so many ways. But uh, two years, uh, several, several weeks after that, I think we were gone for about, it's okay. We were off this platform for about five, six weeks and my family came back and we shared the story, the events that happened that day and some of our emotions and things of that such. I would encourage you to go back. If you haven't seen that or heard that, watch it. It's kind of cool because God showed us some incredible things. And the very first thing that I shared with those that were here that Sunday, that God showed me in the midst of all these things, he, he showed me this. Miracles are real. They are. And um, 
When I didn't know what was happening in my life, I, I just trusted and knew that God did and that he was in control, right? And for someone listening maybe today, maybe it just seems like you, you, you don't have control of certain area of your life or something that's going on. I just want you to know that, that God is still there in the midst of that. And, and, and I do pray that you would keep asking, seeking, knocking. You be persistent. You keep going after that. And, uh, but but I, I found in that moment uh, that, that of those days laying in neuro ICU, hooked up to all sorts of stuff and having all sorts. I've never been in a hospital in my life. I've never had stitches. I've never broken a bone. And man, I tell you, when I went in full throttle with this medical stuff, I went in full throttle. I've had everything jabbed down my throat and arms and I just, ugh. But I found out miracles are real. God is still at work and he, he does great and awesome things. And I was just reminded of that today because we've been in this journey with the Holy Spirit and through the book of Acts. And, and I don't know where you're at, but uh, I, I, I grew up in, in, in a church that was real, real heavy on the word of God. Amen. And, and I love the word of God. There's nothing wrong. And by the way, if you're new at 1910 or, or kind of kicking the tires on this thing today and checking us out, I want you to know that we believe in, in, in the Bible. <laughs> We, we preach it. We believe in it from cover to cover, the maps in the back, all of it. We believe that this is the word of God and it can literally change your life. Amen. The psalmist would write things like this. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. Ooh, that's a good word right there, Chris. We might stop sinning more if we knew God's word more. The psalmist says, how can a young man keep his way pure, teenagers? How can a young man keep his way pure? By doing what my parents tell me. And that's not what he says. Because your parents probably made a lot of mistakes when they were your age too. And I may have learned, hopefully we learned from that, right, Curtis? Psalmist says, how can a young man keep his way pure? By what? Living according to your word, right? We believe in the word of God, amen? One of the things that we've been discovering though, also with, with, um, with this study in the book of Acts is that, man, there's some experiences that we read about in scripture. What just happened here? That's like a tanning beam that just came on you guys. You getting that. We thought about spray tan, but we're just going to beam you guys today. But uh, um, in the book of Acts and even through the gospels, you find that there's some pretty incredible things that Jesus was a part of, the, the disciples were a part of, and even through Acts, the early church was was a part of, that's all right, Satan hates what's happening right now, okay, he's mad, so we're just gonna, we're gonna rebuke that, just pull the switch on it, the darkness hates the light, amen, what are y'all laughing at, yeah, Don, get it under control, Alex, help me out back there, okay, um, but, but, but experiences, we read about some incredible experiences in the word of God, and for some of us that, that grew up in a strong, heavy-handed word church, when we read about and begin to think about these experiences that we read about in Acts, and when you hear somebody say, hey, we believe that these things can still happen today. For some of us, we struggle, but for others, it's like, man, yeah, we, we've grown up in this experience aspect, and, and we've seen all sorts of stuff happen, right? And, and the, inevitably, listen, there is nothing wrong with, with word or experience, but here's what I believe. I believe there needs to be a healthy tension between the two. For churches that are too heavy on the, on the word, what happens is they, they begin to uh, um, discount or discredit the supernatural, right? And, and, and by the way, you know that Christianity is a supernatural religion, right? It is a supernatural religion. It, it means that it is above what we can produce. 
mean, uh, but, 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 but it's the word, 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 word. Nothing wrong with that. On the other end of the spectrum, experiences, if, 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 if all we're living for is just that next mountaintop or that next high or a next big song that the, the band sings or I need to cry in order for it to be real or I need to, to fall or whatever. Listen, experiences aren't enough either. Here's, here's where we're at. At 1910, we're we're going to be a word and experience church, and and we're going to be healthy. I believe that our experiences ought to drive us to the word, and the word ought to validate those experiences. But I believe that God wants to do more than us just gather more information. I believe he wants to bring transformation in our lives, and experiences can bring that. Are you with me today? Does that make sense? And so this idea, churches today will be filled, and that's why I wanted you to pray today. Churches today will be filled with great pastors and speakers, great Sunday school teachers. I've seen somebody already from our kids' ministry today carrying out a little thing they made. They studied Moses in preschool today. I love that. So parents, ask your kids about Moses. If if you don't know much about Moses, you got about 25 minutes to study hard right now before you... Before you go home, I hate for your kid to show you up today around the lunch table. Amen. Don't know where I was going with that. Word and experience. Places of worship we feel today, which is people gathering more information and ideas. And, 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 and my prayer is that, that there be a, a visitation of, of the, the, the spirit, that, that an experience that really changes who we are, Right. My concern is that, that we have a lot of knowledge, but when it comes to this idea of the miraculous, we, we forget that. We've got a lot of ideas, but listen, God is a miracle working God. I think we sing a song about that somewhere too. And you are a miracle working God. And is there anyone in here say, you know what, I, I'm anti-miracle. No, we, we all want miracles. Some of you need a miracle in your life right now, right? You know what I'm saying? And, and we're, we're, we're not anti-miracle, but, but, but a lot of us, we're a natural thinking people, aren't we? And I need to see it before I believe it, right? One of my favorite quotes of all times is in the, the original Santa Claus, when the little elf comes to him in, in the North Pole, and, and, and he says, I see this, but I just can't believe it. And that little elf, she's, she looks like she's nine, but she's probably about 900, remember, because elves age so much she says, seeing isn't believing, believing is seeing. And for some of us, maybe we're not seeing the work of God because we don't believe he can still work as we read about in the word of God. Are you with me there today? And so this idea that Christianity is a supernatural religion, guys, listen, it is, it is above what we can produce. Think about this. You guys today, you're crazy because you're just saying for about 30 minutes to a God that you can't see. You've lifted your hands and you've worshiped a Jesus that you've never touched physically here or, or sat down. You, you've not. But see, you, you, you already know. Listen, listen, how would you explain this religion? I mean, think about it. We, we, we've worshiped a savior today that was born of a virgin. You ever seen that happen? You ever known of any other story like that? Starts, I mean, that's just how it starts. He was born of a virgin. He, he, he walked on water. He, he healed people. These are supernatural things. I don't know about you. Set out across Medina Lake today, Jim, and see what happens. Right? <laughs> Colleen, have his floaties nearby, right? But God could do that, right? But you, we worship. He, 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 he died on a cross. He, he lasted longer than most people who died that way lasted. 
They buried him in a grave and, and he didn't stay there. He, he, he didn't stay dead, but he rose to life. You know that, right? Because this is supernatural stuff. Check this out. Check this out. He, for, for those of us that have called upon his name and are saved, check this out. We get to go to heaven. That's where he is right now. That, that is our destination at some point, right? Because this is supernatural stuff. Christianity is a supernatural religion. Other religions may have to have it all figured out and, and, and everything, but, 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 but this is, is supernatural. I mean, you, you can think about what we just experienced today through baptism. New creations, the old life gone, right? 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. Aren't some of you thankful that the old life is gone and a new life has begun? Come on, how many of you are glad that, oh man. Some of y'all are just praying that your teenager never asks you what you were like at their age, right? Those BC days before Christ, right, Matt Bell? You know what I'm talking about? But it's not where we started, but it's where we're at and how we're going to end this thing called life. Amen? I'm so thankful that God looks upon my junk and my funk and my, he doesn't condemn me, but he loves me. Because that is supernatural. That's not natural. We, we, we operate and we love people if they love us. We, we love people if they act the way we want them to act. We, we, we love people if they do those things that we're comfortable with. But somebody starts to buck that system, we don't, I'm telling you, it's supernatural. Supernatural. Well, I was going to end this series, as I said last week, but, but I just felt like I had one more in me. Today, today I want to preach on Acts chapter 29, and, and, and I love it because I set you up. I, I did you wrong. I really did. I, I promise you, everything I'm going to say today is true. But I messed you up like yesterday. I, I had our, our media department say, hey, would you just throw out a little blurb that says, hey, Pastor Jason is going to be preaching on Acts chapter 29 tomorrow. And it didn't take 10 minutes. I mean, the ink on the printer had not dried yet before somebody said, I, I'm trying to get ahead and prepare for tomorrow, but I can't find Acts chapter 29. You can't because it ends at Acts 28 in the Bible. But here's the deal today. In this room today, we are Acts 29. You see, this is a sermon for us, the church, because we are the ones I believe are writing this next chapter and what happens in this thing called Christianity. Today, I want to challenge us to consider what would they write about us years from now? What would we be known about? You know, we've been looking in the book of Acts. Uh, this is the fifth Sunday. Many of you are studying it in your life groups and you're going to continue for a few more weeks. By the way, if you've not found a life group yet, we want to encourage you to find one. Stop by Connections today and, and join a group. Have fun and, and grow and be encouraged with other people. We all need that. Those of you that are watching us online, we want to encourage you to, to maybe send in today. I'm looking for a group with this. We want to get you connected somewhere. But we've been reading this book of Acts. And, and in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you remember Jesus uh, has, has been crucified. He rose from the grave. And over the course of some 40 days, 100 different times, he comes back and he reveals himself to people that I'm alive. I'm not dead. I'm not in the grave. I am back. I am alive. And, but he gives his disciples these words. He had promised them before he left earth. Hey, listen, I, there's going to be someone come after me that through him, you will do even greater works. And he tells him, I want you to go to Jerusalem and I want you to wait for this advocate, this counselor, this spirit to come. And we know that those 11 go and, 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 and in Acts chapter one, 
verse 8, Jesus, before his final ascension, he gives them these words in Acts 1. And he says, you will receive what? Power. Not another sermon. Not more ideas or more information. What did Jesus tell them they would receive? Power. The dunamis. It's the same word we get for dynamite. Come on, somebody. We, we, we as Christ bearers ought to be just like little TNT bombs. We ought to be dynamite around people, right? Some of us need to tell our face that today. But anyway, um, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. A couple of weeks ago, we looked in Acts chapter 2. They were waiting. They waited 10 days. There's a festival called Pentecost. Pentecost means 50 days after the, 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 the crucifixion, this, the, the death, right? 50 days there, after the ascension, after the crucifixion, 50 days they're waiting in Jerusalem. And in Acts 2, we know that this spirit falls upon them, right? We've been talking about that. What did they do with the power? Well, what did they do with, with, with what took place with those 120 in the upper room? They sat there and they just said, man, this has been a great experience. And they high-fived each other and said, hey, wasn't that fun? Wasn't that awesome? No, that's not what we read in Acts. If you begin reading in Acts chapter 2 all the way through 28, what you're going to find is this launched those early believers, the church, on a new trajectory, didn't it? They were never the same. Some of these were the same people that we read about in Matthew chapter 7 and 8 and 9. You could go over to, to Mark and John and you're going to read about. But hey, there was something that took place in their lives in Acts chapter 2 that set them on a new trajectory in life. Their lives were never the same. They did something with that power. This power came and it filled them. Do you know what it means to be filled with the Spirit? It means to be controlled by it. And, and, and oftentimes in settings like this, you'll hear, are you filled with the Spirit? What, what, what somebody's saying is, is, are you really controlled by the Spirit of God? You see, when you read in Acts, these apostles, and Peter then preaches a sermon, 3,000 are saved, and, and, and they just continue to speak and preach and teach and perform signs and wonders and offer prophetic words over people. And what you find in Acts is, man, you find a group of people that are, are not just controlled, they're dominated by the Spirit of God. Right. Let me ask you a question today. What evidence in your life shows that you've been changed by the fire. Listen, what you're going to find, we're not talking about emotionalism or fanaticism here. We're talking about something that is evidence, that there is fruit in your life. In fact, in Galatians chapter five, you're going to find things called the fruit of the spirit, right? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Remember that? Hey, what evidence is... People that look at you, what evidence in your life is there that you've been changed by the fire of God? Hey, what do they see in you? What, what, where, what, what, the power that came upon you, what do, they, do they notice that in you? Are you different? Now listen, I want you to know something. For those of you that have called upon the name of the Lord, you're saved. And, and, and upon that moment, God plants this spirit, this advocate, this counselor. He gives you his spirit. It's planted within you. Romans chapter 8. I believe every Christian is indwelt 
by the Spirit of God. Are you with me there? But I'm just, I, we're talking about this, this, this power, this, are you controlled and down, are you filled with the Spirit? You see, my, my concern is that there'll be houses of worship filled today with people that, that have called upon the name of the Lord and the Spirit of God is in them, but men, they're not walking as they're dominated or controlled by that same Spirit. I'm gonna make this statement in, in a series that starts the end of November. So when I make it in November, will you act like, oh, dude, that's good. That's really good. Although you're gonna hear it before. But I want you to know something. God doesn't search lip service. He searches the heart. And my concern is that there are a lot of us that have called upon the name of the Lord and are saved, but we're not being controlled, filled, or dominated by this spirit that has been planted within us. That, that's good. I, you don't, I like that. When you look in the book of Acts, you're going to find a group of people filled, controlled, dominated. They've been baptized by the Spirit of God. In fact, look in Acts chapter 5. Story after story you're going to find. But in Acts chapter 5, we find that Peter and, and, and John have been arrested. They, 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 they've been out preaching and prophesying and, and teaching about Jesus. And the religious leaders have, have arrested them and they want to put them to death. They want to kill them. They would have been the first martyrs that we would have read about in, in the Bible. Of course, we know that they weren't the first martyr. The first martyr was who? Because you know what happened in Acts chapter five is that their lives were spared. They threatened them that, hey, if you continue in, on the same path and preaching the same message that you're doing right now, we will end your life. So in Acts chapter five, it says that they, they flogged them, they beat them. They got a whooping, bad whooping. But I love what it says in Acts 5.42 about the response to these apostles that day. It says every day in the temple courts and from house to house, they continue to preach this message. Jesus is the Messiah. In fact, verse 41, I, didn't, I don't have it for you, but this is bonus Bible because this is 10 o'clock crowd and you guys just deserve it. It says the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Hey, let me ask you a question. When, when, when somebody pushes back against you because of your faith, do you count that as joy? Do you rejoice in that? My fear is that for a lot of us, we don't count that as an attaboy from heaven, but we kind of back off because we live in this day and age in which you're not supposed to offend anybody, right? And all oh, what might be true for you may not be truth for, for other people. I'm just telling you, the word of God is the truth and, and, and we need to live the truth. And listen, the gospel is offensive. It, it's offensive. It, it is. But I'm not embarrassed about that. I'm just so thankful for that amazing grace that saved me, right? And, 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 and because I love people. And by the way, we need to love people. You know that, right? Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world. What colors? Red and yellow, black and white. They are what? Precious. And listen, we need to love people because God loves people. He does. But we live in a day and age where we don't want to offend people, and so we back off. Hey, listen, these guys in Acts 5 had just been beaten, and they left that rejoicing. Yes! Look at my marks, Peter! Whoa! Dude, tattoo! 
And it says day after day, they continue to preach that same message that they have been told, you better stop. You're offending people. They would just eat up with the Holy Spirit. That's the power. How have you been changed by the Spirit of God? What evidence in your life is there from this fire that has touched you? For someone listening today, maybe you once were burning red hot, but you're not any longer. Hey, you know those, the coals are still there. You just need the breath of God to arouse you, to awaken you up, to fan back into flame that fire that you once possessed. Mm. They left rejoicing. You know, I've wondered what would have happened if those 120 in that upper room of Acts 2 had just decided, you know, guys, this has been a great meeting. You know, Mary, you prayed a dynamic prayer. You know, Sarah, thanks for the offering you brought. And, oh, the bread was wonderful we had together, you know. It was a great little sermon that we, we got. And, and what if they would have just packed it in and gone home? You know, if, if they had not been changed, if, if nothing would have been different as a result of Pentecost, do you realize that we would not be sitting in this room today? You, you realize that the, I don't know how many we baptized just a minute. We, we're baptizing 28 people today. We baptized early. We got one here. We got, listen, but you know, you know that, that those people there, there would be no need for us to celebrate Hoot and Holler Baptisms Day if those 120 had done nothing with the power that came upon them. That might be a word of warning for us as the church of Jesus Christ today. If we do nothing with this fire and with the power that has come upon us, we could be the Acts 29 that they write about where faith ended. The story stopped. But I don't think that's who we want to be, is it? I don't think that we want to be that generation, those people, that church that says, you know what? It's been a great ride. And we sit on our Pentecost moment and do nothing with it. What will be different as a result of this encounter with the Spirit? I, I, I always, that, that, that's the litmus test. I always want to find people that have had this encounter, this moment with God. And, and the question is, hey, how did that push you closer to Jesus? How did that make you walk more intimately with him? L- listen, I, I was a changed man after what happened two years ago. I've been different. I, I, something that happened in my life that I explained about three weeks ago changed me. I'm a different man as a result. Every encounter we have with the spirit, that power that comes upon us, it ought to push us closer to Jesus and it ought to make us different. How are you different? What will this Pentecost moment that we're having doing you? How will that move us towards and what will it move us towards? You know, God never wanted his presence to stay within fixed walls. You see, Acts chapter 29 is the challenge for you and I today is, is what will we do with this fire? What will we do with this power that has come upon us? But God never wanted us to stay in here. In fact, if you read in the book of Exodus, beginning in, I believe, chapter 25, God begins to give Moses a word. 
said, Moses, listen, I, I want you and the people to, 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 to construct something that will be symbolic of my presence. You know that, that, that Moses had gone and delivered the children out of Pharaoh's captivity. They're walking, looking towards the promised land and trying to find it. But as they meander through the desert and in Exodus 25, God says, I want you to build something called a tabernacle. You know what the tabernacle was? The tabernacle was symbolic of the presence of God. When they would set up camp or shop, they would, they would build this structure that was symbolic of the presence of God. You, you, you might say it was, it was God in skin. And in Exodus chapter 25, God begins to download to them. These are what it's supposed to look like. This is what happens in there. This is the ritual. This is what, but, but they just knew. They knew. In fact, it's interesting. If you go to Israel with me at a place called Shiloh, where the tabernacle set for some 400 years, they, they had to camp along those hills where they still could see the tabernacle because the tabernacle was symbolic of whose presence? God's presence. And you can live and set up your personal house anywhere, but you need to be able to see the house of God. Well, check this out, guys. After Acts chapter two, we became the tabernacle. We became God's presence in skin. His plan for you and I with this power and that has come upon us and this fire that, that he has lit within us. Listen, his desire is that we take him and his presence outside of these four walls. Are you with me today? You see, the only way people will encounter God is through us. And how we're living our lives and the words we're using and what we're demonstrating, what we're showing, how we're responding to needs around us. And I just, I just longing for the day instead of us just being so frustrated or complain more and more and griping belly. Hey, why don't we just start stepping up and doing something about that? It requires work. It requires us maybe getting our hands a little dirty. For some of us, maybe it's going to require us going to, to a, a group of people that are very different than us. Maybe from skin color, maybe from the way they live, school they attend, lifestyles that they've taken up. But, but, but we're to be God's presence in skin today. Are you with me? And God is looking to us, church. If there was a new chapter that could be written, he would want to write it about Acts 29 where the church of Jesus Christ stepped up and began to, to live in the power that he'd given us in chapter 2. They begin to walk out and perform. And you, in Acts 8, Stephen's being pelted with stones. He's being stoned to death. And his, he, he does not recant but he continues to keep his gaze fixed towards heaven and he sees Jesus. So many of us, man, somebody just gives us a wrong look about our faith or says something and we back off the accelerator. We cower in fear. But you're gonna find a group of people that have been changed with Pentecost when the power came. They could not stop teaching or preaching. They continue to go to groups of people different from them. They travel great distances with the gospel. They perform signs and wonders. They prophesied over people. Why? So that God could be known. I'm just wondering, church. I'm just wondering what we're going to do 
with the power. We're to be that mobile tabernacle. We're to be God with skin on. In Isaiah chapter 61, verse one, I wanna end with this. It says, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me for the Lord has anointed me to bring what kind of news? Good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be free. Church, that's what we're called to be. That's you. It's every one of us in this room that profess Jesus with our mouth. May our lives demonstrate the same. Would you stand with me today? Ministry team, go ahead and come up here and stand in the front. And I just want to... Because they continued with the story of Jesus... Because of their continuance, we stand here today. If they had stopped, the message would have stopped and we would have no hope. What will you do with this fire that has touched you? I want to. I want to issue just a little simple challenge today, and, and I want. I want to encourage some of you to just take a small step. But for some of you, it's going to be a big step this week. I, I'm asking all of you to to forget paying your rent this month and give it all to the church. No, that's not what I'm asking. <laughs> if you want to do that, though, we'll gladly accept that. But, Here's the challenge for you. This is not near as radical as that. But hey, I, would you do something for me? Hey, what if you this week just invited one person to come and see what Jesus is up to and doing? But what if you just invited one person to, to just bring them with you? Now, now, we'll have to find, figure out a plan, Pastor Wes, about where to put all these folks. But, but what if you just invited one person this week? Listen, I, listen that, that is a small step to take for people that have been given fire. That, that, that's a small asking. We're, we're not asking you to, to put your hands against the wall and get beaten for you. I'm just asking you, would you take a small step of action, demonstrating your faith this week and just invite somebody to come and see this Jesus that can change someone's life. Hey, if you'll do that with me, just get your hands up. Turn the lights on. I want to see them. I want to see. I want to see. I'm going to invite one person. Just one person. All right? It's good. Invite one person to come and see. I'm not going to sit on the power. I'm not going to sit on this Savior. I'm going to share him with others so they too can see that the Lord is good. Bow your heads and let's pray. Father, thank you for the reminder today that you're not done. God, thank you for the reminder today that miracles are real. And God, thank you for the reminder that, 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 that we follow a supernatural God. God, thank you for the reminder to, to, today that, 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 that we are to be the presence of God with skin on. God, you have called us. You have, you have set us on fire, Father. You've given us this dunamis, the power. And God, you, you, you want us to walk in that and you want us to go and share your story and 
demonstrate your goodness to people all around us. Father, I'm praying for that. I'm praying that the church of Jesus Christ would rise up, that we would no longer be satisfied with just more information, more ideas, more good sermons, but God, you would call us to action. Am I talking to anybody right now? God, we would take your presence outside of these walls and put you on display. Father, I'm excited to see what Acts 29 is going to look like as we respond to those around us that need a touch from Jesus. Just as the apostles and those early Christians, the early church in, in Acts, just as they responded and they touched and they, they brought Jesus into dark situations, as they spoke of your goodness, God, as they gave their very best, Lord, you breathed on it and you blessed it. That's why we're here today. God, I can't wait to see how we set, how we set the foundation for those yet to come. I want you to know that we stand down front today ready to receive those of you that have a concern or a burden that maybe you're carrying today. We want to pray with you before you leave here. Maybe you're here today and say, you know what? I, I've never asked Jesus into my life to be Lord and Savior. Today, Pastor Jason, is the day that I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I, I need to be made new. If that's you, I want you to come share that with one of our friends. Maybe you're here today and you just got to, hey, you know what? There's something that God's done in your life that's just awesome. And you can't wait to share it with someone. Hey, I, I know that our ministry team, guys, wouldn't y'all love to get a good word today as well? Just say, look what God's doing. Whatever your need is and however we can come alongside of you, we stand ready today. Father, we leave here now in your power. Go with us. We want to do great and awesome things with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Thank you guys. You're dismissed.